This is Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, and you are listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. gentlemen welcome to a very special one wing dragon episode of the bcp shameless promo got a shout out our sponsors funkenstein wrestling superstore located at the english flea market uh, english town flea market in new jersey saturdays and sundays they're open from 8 to 3 p.m you got ninja turtles ghostbusters a ton of wrestling stuff uh horror stuff vintage video games check them out on their ebay store or funkenstein wrestling superstore.com uh dan and heather thank you so much on a personal note for always sponsoring the show taking care of us and guys now that the bills are paid please welcome to the show making his debut on the bcp ahead of his appearance at pro wrestling magic presents my own worst enemy that's going to be this saturday january 28th it's early you guys aren't going to miss the rumble don't worry get your tickets now it's going to be at the mecca of professional wrestling here in new jersey 106 bergen have ridgefield park new jersey doors are at three bell time at four please welcome to the show ahead of his match against steve off for the dark arts championship the one wing dragon himself mr chris ryan Chris, welcome in, man. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you, bro? It's good, man. How's it been? It's good, dude. It's been good. Like I was telling you off air, really busy uh, between real work and wrestling and being a boyfriend and just, you know, uh, putting in the miles, putting in the work, uh, creative endeavors, man. It, it's been crazy. But for you, man, I am seeing you um, riding this wave right now. I've seen you uh, kind of start at the bottom at Pro Wrestling Magic and slowly climbing that ladder. Now you have a huge title opportunity in front of you taking on, let's be real, the head honcho, the head guy, the top, one of the top guys at Pro Wrestling Magic, Steve Off, man. I mean, how are you feeling going into this one? This is a big opportunity. You know how much that Dark Arts Championship means to him. Yeah, no, definitely. I watched last month the, the hell that him and Alex Raymond were putting themselves through. Main event of the show, three stages of hell. Just, uh... Yeah, and honestly, like, just knowing I've been here three years now, in this promotion at least, and this is my first shot at a single title under this promotion. So, you know, like you said, just, like, working from the bottom, like, I came in here just, like, as a last-minute substitute for someone else, and then I've just been, like, either on the pre-shows or just Battle Royals and just Monday morning magic tapings, and, yeah, just really putting everything in the hindsight it just it just feels good knowing that i've that i took a chance on myself that this promotion took a chance on me and how well it's been paying off just feels good like that's just that's the most you can ask for in this industry 
Yeah, it's such a it's such a crazy business. And shout out to you because you worked hard to get to this spot against Steve. And if you guys are watching the podcast or listening, everyone's like, oh, I want to get into magic. You know, Rob, can you say something? Like Steve literally tells you guys, if you go help set up, if you help uh, tear down, you know, he he keeps an eye on you guys. You know, if you guys put in the work, show up, set up the ring, you know, you never know. There'll be a spot for you. Uh, Steve does a great job uh, with that. I can't stress that enough. Um, and Chris, uh, we have seen you um, literally just rise to this position right now. But I got to ask again man steve off you mentioned that that you know health that he went through with alex ryman we saw at the last show heck of a match i'm sure he's still a little banged up for this one but what would it mean for you to walk out of there with a pro wrestling magic dark arts championship well i've been saying this all over social media and i said this when i was in disney world i said that when i was doing this little pointing at etc gimmick i'm going for a double header man i'm going for a brock lesnar 2003 performance I plan on winning both. I plan on walking out with a title. I plan on winning that battle royal. I plan in April to walk out as a dual champion. I, I'm going for that world championship, man. I want it all. None's going to stop me. I've come this far. I ain't wasting that. I didn't beat Nick Pierce for nothing. I'm going straight to the top. I'm ruling this kingdom. Yeah, man. I, lo I love the confidence, man. Obviously, tall task ahead of you. You obviously mentioned that Chad Adams uh, Memorial Battle Royal uh, where the winner does get a title shot, man. And uh, that would be so cool. Pulling, you know, double duty, man. How do you prepare for something like that? I think mentally and emotionally, you seem to be and, and I'm not going to lie. You know, I was a little concerned, man. You 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 kind of snapped at a couple couple shows, man. I, I think, uh, you know, you kind of had that laugh when you were walking to the back. I was concerned about you, bro. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But where are you? mentally emotionally and physically uh going into this saturday because you have not one but two matches and i see you kind of playing the mind games you mentioned the pointing that steve does from one of his favorite places in the world disney man i mean that is some mind games is that kind of i don't want to give away too much your strategy but is that kind of like your plan going into this one how are you preparing <clears throat> well some if anybody's been following me on instagram and twitter um I've been trying to get in at least one workout every day for the entire month that I'm currently going is it 25, yeah, 25 days straight now. Um, wow. Just trying to keep my physical condition going. I've got two matches. One's for a title, one's a battle royal, and I could potentially be in that ring for an hour. So got to keep my cardio up. Got back from the gym this morning or afternoon. Just I was doing legs. I was running the treadmill. I was just pushing myself, man. I'm doing 52 card cardio every 10 days, which is very brutal. Not going to lie, but you know, just like this is something that my trainer Logan black has definitely drilled into me. He's always been very laser focused on someone's in ring cardio. That's the number one thing you can do. You can be in shape, but being in a wrestling ring, that's unlike anything else. You really got to keep it going. You really got to like get the momentum going so yeah, like I ain't gonna say too much. Um, I've been pulling Steve off strings. I've been very hell bent on being this battle world for three years now. Let me point this out. Three years ago, didn't make the cut. Two years ago, obvious reasons we couldn't do the battle memorial, and then last year didn't make the cut again. You don't know what that does to someone. It just makes you more and more determined to get there, regardless of what's being thrown at you, regardless of how many people just are laughing at you. <sighs> keep it cool, keep it cool, keep it cool. You just gotta, you just gotta get in the right mindset, man. You just gotta keep telling yourself, I got this, I got this, and I do got this. 
Wow. I appreciate the confidence and I'm so glad to see how far you've come, Chris. But uh, I got to say this one, man, and, and maybe now's not the best time to ask me, but I saw you getting a little a little heated over there and, and I've just seen you in past matches. Just you kind of go to another place. You take things to the next level, man. I feel like there's another side of you, man. I, I don't want to awaken that by any means right now, but. I mean, are, are you okay? Uh, I'm, I'm worried about you sometimes, man. You, you've, you've walked out of there was uh, kind of the, this this cackle where I've, I've interviewed you and you walk away laughing. You've done some pretty intense things to, to Nick Pierce and now you're playing the mind games. And even just now, man, is everything okay? Let me just say it like this. When you go through disappointment after disappointment, turmoil after turmoil, shortcoming after shortcoming, you always get these opportunities. You get so freaking close to it, and then it just slips away from you. You pour your heart and your soul into the one thing that you love most, and you don't get recognized for it. You just get met by a bunch of people cackling at you. Once in a while, you just come to a realization if you can't laugh at yourself, then what joy is there in just going on? What joy is there in just continuing what you do? So I just realized that if you start laughing at yourself, you don't give anybody else anything to laugh at. You're in on the joke. Still, so there's really no joke. And yeah, the last year I've, I've had to come to that realization having been put in the ring against the Bundertaker, being put into six-person matches, having teammates walk out on you, having been suspended because somebody else, a referee of all people, did you wrong. And they're not getting punished for it. Yeah, just, uh, you really just gotta realize when you're pushed to the corner, when your back's against the wall, you gotta push them back. Or else you're just going to get suffocated. And that's what I did. That's why I ended up doing the Nick Pierce. I came out of suspension early. I risked getting suspended again. And missing out on this battle royal again. But it paid off. Because I'm a risk taker. And I'm going to ensure that I'm the one who gets the last laugh in the end. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Ryan, for, for sharing that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad you're okay. Um, I, I can obviously, as someone who, who de can definitely laugh at himself, uh, you know, I, I somewhat understand where you're coming from and, and I hope, uh, you know, your, your mind is right going into this one. You certainly have many tall tasks, uh, ahead of you on January 28th, this Saturday at pro wrestling magic. Um, I did want to ask you this one. You mentioned this a little bit. Uh, you had a little bit of a feud there with Nick Pierce. Uh, you talked about that where you did kind of take it to some extreme levels and, I mean, let's be real. You were attacking him with that dumbbell, man. And I saw it firsthand backstage. I saw it firsthand uh, filming in the ring. I, I was just very close, man. And uh, I hope Mr. Pierce is okay, man. What brought you to that level, to that point where you had to hit him with that dumbbell? I've shared this story before. And my issue with Nick Pierce goes all the way back to September of 2021. Now, before I go into that, I need to put this up. I remember when Nick Pierce first stepped into the T2T Wrestling Academy in Brooklyn, and I saw the passion, the determination that this young kid had. I saw how hard they were willing to get themselves over, 
so much to a point that they became a referee. They were willing to do any job they had to to get the spotlight on them. And with that, with that, unfortunately, it comes it comes a very personal test of trust. So back in September 2021, I was in the ring with Steve Pena. I was hot. I was hotter than I had ever been at that point. I was being put up there against somebody who's definitely seen things. This is a man who's competing on AEW. This is a man who's been a standout in Battle Club Pro. He's been all over the place. Steve Pena, I could say, in all honesty, one of the best I've ever been in the ring with. I respect the hell out of the guy. And he gave me a hell of a fight. But at the end of that fight, I never gave up. The official ruling will be Chris Ryan submitted. But the reality, if you go back and you watch that match, I never submitted. I never submitted. What happened is Nick Pierce called for that gong when I was being unresponsive, when I did not give him any answer as to whether or not I give up. He straight up called for the gong. And in turn, he ruined my momentum. He forced me back down the cart. He forced me back into mediocrity, which I worked so hard to get out of. And then he decided he wanted to become a full-time competitor. And he got into my business again. So I had no other choice. They left me with no other choice. I had to teach him a thing or two about what happens when you disrespect somebody who has put so much on you, who has put so much faith in you, that you can make it in this business. And he decided, out of the cost of my trust, to throw that away so that he can get that opportunity, so that he can get that spotlight at my expense. Do you think I was going to do that? Do you think I was just going to let Nick Pierce, somebody who's been this way way less longer than I have, a lot less years than I have, that he was just going to take that away from me? No, I wasn't going to let that happen. What happened is they forced me to take some serious drastic measures. I had to assault them in the gym. I had to hit them with the dumbbell backstage. And I had to hit them with a dumbbell so that I could finally teach them a thing or two about how it felt to be in my position, to be suspended from one of the promotions that put so much on me. I had to do what I had to to get in that battle royal, and I had to teach them a thing or two about discipline, about humility. I didn't want to do it, but they let me know our choice. And I'm hoping that out of this bad blood, that out of this this whole predicament, that will teach them a thing or two about discipline. And in turn, the both of us can move on, that we can go on our own separate paths, and we can achieve good things by ourselves. Wow. Well, certainly a, a lot of passion there, uh, Mr. Mr. Ryan, and, and thank you again for for opening up and, and telling us that, but uh, maybe, maybe we should switch gears here. I see you getting fired up and we'll certainly see the intensity in the ring. Uh, not once, but twice at pro wrestling magic. Uh, my own, my own worst. Many of you guys uh, get your tickets now. Sorry. I'm a little sh- shook right now, but I did want to ask you this man, switching gears. Let's, let's talk about something. Maybe, maybe a little bit more positive. Let's talk about, uh, you mentioned training. You mentioned Logan black. I believe, uh, I believe you said it was T2 Academy in Brooklyn. Was that you or where did you train? Where did you come up? Well, TTT has been like ever since the, ever since like the post, or I shouldn't say post, like around the time when the pandemic was just mm-hmm. starting to slow down. I mean, like it's not entirely gone. It's never going to be gone. We're still in this, but TTT is somewhere I ended up 
because actually I, I should really share the story. The way I got connected was because before all this, I was in Staten Island and I was doing Jose Salvador. I was doing a luchador gimmick, basically just a really bad imitation of El Generico. And when I became Chris Ryan in pro wrestling magic, I didn't really have a training facility at that time. I was just going from place to place. One of them was, uh, in Pennsylvania at the dojo. Um, and, um, so yeah, like just throughout the whole pandemic, um, I was just pretty much just, I didn't have a full-time place and I was just like trying to get myself, keep myself over on social media. And I was, Pretty much just like trying to get across the whole Jose Salvador thing. I'm trying to like blur the lines between reality and fiction. And one day I just tweeted out a year after I had my final match in Staten Island as Jose. I pretty much just took to, to Twitter and I reshared this post pretty much just saying gracias on Jose's like Twitter account, which is it's probably still up. I, I, I don't log into that anymore. It's probably just forgotten history. But I did that. And then I got connected to Tom Fraser, who hit me up in my messages. I guess he saw that. And he said, dude, congratulations on your retirement or whatever. So he actually thought I was retired for real, which is just hilarious. And I said, no, dude, dude, this is just, this is kayfabe. This isn't real. And that happened. And then he just mentioned, he mentioned technique to technique training in Brooklyn. And he mentioned that Logan was there. Logan, who has been such a pivotal part of my entire career. He was there around the time I got started. He's always been like, I always consider him like my main coach, my main source of just getting myself out there. He's the guy who's always pushing myself. And around the time MV Young was still there, Brother Greatness was still there. And eventually we got Willow in on there before she got signed to AEW. So it was just, we had some really good connections. But what just sold me on that was just Logan, because now I had another chance to work with the guy that's really just put me on the map, who's really just been in my corner since day one. And T2T's just been my prominent home residence since then. I should apologize. It's raining outside. The light's just going nuts. But um, yeah, just it's just like a great, beautiful thing about coming full circle. It was just a happy little accident. Just this is the beautiful thing about social media is that like the line between reality and fiction can really really trick some people and and i had to trick tom in order to get like connected to that so i just always laugh about that and yeah just like that was just a really great thing and t2t has just been my home ever since then and i'm forever grateful for that that, that that's awesome and thank you for sharing that story as i see the lights kind of flickering i i don't know if, if there's any sort of supernatural element to the one-wing dragon uh we'll talk we'll talk about that in a little bit man i want to talk about that we see the gear I, I love the gear man um you know we we say who is chris ryan the one-wing dragon can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that persona came about man i think it's great so uh the one-wing dragon has uh very interesting, like, very interesting, like, background to it. So I've always wanted to have some sort of nickname c calling myself a dragon. I always wanted to have something like that. And, you know, I always have these kind of really dumb names. I always think, like, oh, I could call myself the New York dragon. I could call myself the Staten Island dragon, the Full Metal dragon, because I love Full Metal Alchemist. And I just thought, no. So I always wanted to think of something like that, but then 
Then the pandemic happened, and I can't go anywhere, can't wrestle, so just had to find something to occupy my time. And fortunately, around this time, the remake of Final Fantasy VII came out on the PlayStation 4. So I just got that game, didn't have any better to do, so I just played that. I did just the same always- thing during the lockdown, man. I, I One of my favorite games. I love your era shirt, but I did the same thing. I played that remake. Sorry to interrupt, but big pop for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, no, fair enough. So you can probably guess where it's going. So just play that game. And and here's the thing. I've always had a fascination with Final Fantasy VII. Um, Claw's always been one of my mains in Super Smash Brothers up until that point. And I knew... I knew what this game was. I knew who some of these characters were. I knew Cloud. I knew Tifa. I knew Aerith. I knew Sephiroth. But I never really took the time to actually, like, get into any of this. But then, like, when the remake was coming out, I decided I'm going to give this a chance. I want to see what this is like. And I just played that around the time everything went into lockdown. And I immediately just fell in love with it. I immediately fell in love with this series and all these characters. And it made me want to discover more about it. I went back and I played the original. I pl- I read the novel on the way to a smile. I've, I just played crisis core when that got re-released. And that's also an amazing game. And I just immediately felt a connection with these characters. And, and I finally got my source of inspiration. I played these games and I saw Sephiroth, the one winged angel. And it just hit me one winged dragon. I never went back on that. (laughs) And as far as the meaning of the name is, at first it would just sound like a cool nickname to me, but then I really like thought about it and I could have weight behind it. And what I've always been going with is I've always felt like I've been shorter than most wrestlers. I always felt like I was smaller. I'm usually just 150 pounds or less. So I always feel like I'm not like the the uh the status quo of what most wrestlers are like and you know that just made me feel like i'm always at disadvantage but i've just always been telling myself since i was a kid i don't care about the disadvantage i don't care how big i am i don't care how small i am i'm going to fight my heart out so i could show i'm as capable as any other wrestler and what i've been running with the angle is even a dragon with one wing they could still breathe fire just as hot as any other dragon like so what's what just became just a cool nickname that's been something that's always defined me. It, it sounds like it was meant to be because you had the dragon name locked in. Uh, you see Sephiroth, man, that's so cool. Um, I and I, before we came on, I popped for the Aries shirt. I think you said you got the sword uh, around your neck, man. That is that is so awesome, man. I, I pop big for that. I, I got to ask you, I, I enjoyed the remake, but it's only half a game. It's only half a game. It's not the whole game. Have you played the original all the way through, uh, which is one of my favorite games of all time? I did play the original all the way through just last year. Um, and um. There's obviously some things about it that are dated. Some of the dialogue's a little dated. Um, For sure. And some of the graphics are not as mind-blowing as they were in 1997. We've kind of been spoiled by that. But, but my God, the gameplay, the story, the characters, the, the aside from the dialogue that's dated, like, it's still, there's so much dialogue in there that it's just so good, so beautiful, so deep, so emotional. And just, God, it's just such... I, I love that game. Like, I'm just, yeah, I don't care if I'm so late on this, if I can, you can call me a hipster Final Fantasy VII fan, but yeah, I finally played that game. Absolutely loved it. So invested in it. I just devoted so much time to them. Like, I, I threw away everything I was doing just when I wasn't at work. Everything was just going 
to make in this game. But I think it was during like winter break or maybe even summertime when I played that. So it wasn't a huge like deal. But yeah, like I just I couldn't put that down. I wanted to see where this is going to go, and I'm just so excited to see what the rest of this happens. What the other two parts actually of this trilogy are going to do. God, I'm so excited for more. I can't wait. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and I don't care when you came into it. I'm much older, so I grew up with the with the other one, man. And I did really enjoy the remake. And then when we got to the end, I'm like, this is only half a game. I mean, they got so much in there, and I'm sure it's very hard to remake that masterpiece of a game. But yeah, I'm like, this is only half a game. I can't. I'm being selfish. I can't wait uh, for the the other half, man. Which I think might be on a whole new system. Uh, that's a whole another story, man. I I can't wait. Um. I did want to ask you this one. Uh, I see that the one way dragon you pull from Final Fantasy seven. Um, but I see you pull from some other places, man. Where where else do you pull from? Uh, what influences you like uh, in movies or pop culture? I see a little Joker in there. I see a little Final Fantasy seven. Where else do you pull from? Well, obviously, the, the cackle that I always do the whole. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely channeling a lot of specifically Mark Hamill's Joker. Just oh, my I will. I will die in this club. That is the absolute best Joker ever. Uh, but you know, I'm also like thinking, like I'm also thinking of like Chucky from from Child's Ooh. Play. Like, I, I, sometimes unintentionally, I just kind of mimic that laugh. And uh, also, just like more obscure one, like when I was in Disney, I was really going for trying to imitate Jafar's laugh. It, it just might not come off as like that, just because like God, it's only once, but that's just such a damn chilling laugh. So it's always coming from a couple of places. But aside from that, um. I also love Fullmetal Alchemist. If anyone ever wonders where this whole clap came from, that is the that is the alchemy pose. That is what they always go to. Just absolutely love that. I named my move the equivalent exchange, which is a phenomenon in the game or the game, the anime. That big DDT that I'm always trying to break out. That's one. Just in general, I'm always trying to like break certain elements of anime. When I'm when I'm working a face, I'm always thinking of like Goku or Deku or. or you know, Edward Elric. I'm always thinking of characters like that. When I'm playing a bad guy, I'm trying to take from a couple of other places. Like, I'm always thinking, like, Bakugo, who's just always having these crazy outbursts out of nowhere. It's just like, dude, nerd! Like, I'm always trying to, like, think of stuff like that. And, uh, but I'm also thinking of, like, stuff that kind of, like, humorous. That's kind of to me, because I know one way or another people are always going to laugh at this, so I gotta play into that humor. I gotta, like, get people going. So, I'm always thinking of characters like Wushu from Mulan. I'm always thinking wow. of, like, just just videos I find on the internet. I'm a big fan of Smosh, and I'm always just, like, trying to tap into that humor, or the angry video game nerd, and just characters like that, and so, yeah, I'm always trying to take it from places, like, just stuff that naturally just, like, comes to me as a laugh, and... And obviously, you look at my gear. You saw my racing gear. I based that off of Tifa Lockhart. Got the gloves. Got the color palette. Got my kick pads. That's modeled after her her armwear. Just so I'm always like trying to channel something and just share my love of so much culture and so much like so much pop culture stuff. Things that I just adore with the public. I always want that to shine. And but above all, like I do usually just like when you see me in the ring it's always just i'm trying to tap into something that's me like you i'm not that far off from how i am in the ring i can really be that annoying i can really be that loud i can really just ad lib something like that when you see me like as a good guy like i'm always just like you should just see me like during training at tcts when we do these cardio days like i just keep when we do these crazy cardio drills, I just have to keep convincing myself, like, come on, come on, come on. You just got to convince yourself you like this type of stuff. You got to convince yourself you like the pain. And you just got to, like, always have that 
never say die attitude. That's always what I'm going for. It's just who I am naturally. And obviously I've influenced from a lot of places, but above all the person you see in the ring, that's just me. Me turned up to 11. That, that's a great answer. I pop uh, Jafar, man. Aladdin's one of my all time favorite Disney movies. Uh, a deep yeah, cut on, a on Wushu from Milan. Great, great answers on that. I was not expecting that. Awesome. Uh, obviously, uh, you're you're a fan of professional wrestling. Spoiler alert. We all are, um, you know, don't don't tell me uh, that you're not, man, because uh, I've seen a lot. Even this room in here, we got so much wrestling stuff in here, man. I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of Undertaker. I think I'm seeing some Stone Cold. Uh, who influenced you? Who were the guys that not necessarily that you pulled from? But who who were your like your guys or girls that, that you really uh, loved watching? Well, just my first introduction to wrestling was through the SmackDown versus Raw video game. I went over to a friend's house. They had it. I didn't know anything about wrestling at the time. They just threw that on. It's like, let's play this and just scrolling for random characters. And I just, I just happened to pick the undertaker. And I saw that entrance with those, those PS2 that honestly still kind of holds out those PS2 graphics, but I'm getting ahead of myself. And I saw that entrance for the first time through the video game. I saw that slow walk and the way he rolled his eyes to the back of his head. I'm like, this guy's cool. This guy's cool. And I didn't even know like this was based on a real product. I didn't realize like this was actually wrestling. I guess I was just too caught up in video games. I thought this was something that was just made up. And then just one night in June, my brother just comes upstairs and tells me, hey, there's a wrestling show on UPN or whatever because this on Thursday night. And I just flipped to that channel and just so happened The Undertaker was main eventing the show that night against JBL. And I saw him in person and my mind was just blown and I immediately connected to him and sure enough, I'm checking out SmackDown every week and I check and I, then I discover Monday night raw and I see John Cena and just growing up in that era. Like I was eight years old. This is during his first WWE championship reign. Oh five. So if you were a kid, chances are you absolutely love John Cena. I love John Cena. Just, I always looked up to him. I always just like admired that never say die attitude, that never give up. He was just so cool. He had the hat, he had the jorts, he had just, he was just so amazing to watch in the ring. So great to hear on the microphone, especially, and just absolutely loved him. And over time, I discovered more guys like Rey Mysterio. I'm always doing the 619 in the ring when I was doing Jose Salvador. I was always channeling a lot of him. In recent years, I've loved, realized more and more in recent years how much I really love watching Eddie Guerrero, just from an in-ring perspective, from a character perspective. Just Eddie Guerrero was as solid as it gets. So, and just, yeah, like Eddie's always been such a big influential part of my developing sense of humor and just like my love of wrestling. And so those are the big ones. Shawn Michaels is another one, Triple H, just I grew up when DX was just reformed and they just always made me laugh. I always felt like <laughs> I got in so much trouble with my parents for always <laughs> just quoting stuff they said and probably in school for, I think everyone got caught in school for doing the suck. Yeah, that was a big so, thing. People were getting in trouble. Yeah. So yeah, just, yeah, I, that was definitely my introduction to a lot more raunchy stuff through DX. And, and there's always a couple more. I love watching Chris Jericho. I love, Randy Orton. I love um, Kenny Omega. I, I cannot say enough good things about just goddamn his entrance at Wrestle Kingdom this year was just so goddamn cool. That made me mark out. So and and also just like there's plenty more. I also admire a lot of women in wrestling. Like 
I always loved AJ Lee. I had such a huge crutch on AJ Lee. I'll admit that. Paige, I absolutely loved. Becky Lynch, in all honesty, she's probably my favorite person to watch right now. She is one of those people that could really do no wrong. I can't praise her enough. But I also love Bailey, Bailey and Sasha Banks slash Money Banks. Um, I was in Brooklyn when they had that incredible matchup. Still probably my favorite match I've ever, I've ever seen live. Just the energy from the crowd, the moment itself, the match. Just God, that was just so goddamn perfect. And and in the last couple of years, ever since like I first saw him, like the one person, honestly, I think that's had probably the most influence, the one person who really told me I can do this was Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. First time I saw him was in NXT when he was under the Mrs. Wing. I saw that rise to stardom in WWE. I was always known in school as the guy who did the yes chant at every occasion to a point where at my high school graduation, I went on stage and the entire auditorium started doing it. I'm not even making that That's up. That's awesome, happened. man. Wow, what <laughs> so, a moment. Yeah, and just Brian Danielson's just someone I always love watching him. Even if I can't catch like AEW live, I'm going to DVR it. If Daniel Bryan's on the show, if Bryan Danielson's on the show, I'm going straight to that. If I can only watch one match, I'm going to watch the Bryan Danielson match. I've never seen a bad match from that guy. Can't yeah. say enough good things about him. He's definitely always been one of my heroes. And probably, if I ever get to a point, if I somehow, miraculously, by some miracle, get to wrestle him, I can retire happy after that. Dude, you never know. And that being said, this that leads perfectly into my last question, man. Um, You know, what are your goals Moving forward, man, you could be very, you know, very politically correct, you know, say, hey, I just want the contract, but uh, it doesn't have to be a certain company or anything like that, man. But it's, it's so cool to see, you know, most people, you know, they want the contract, they want the dream. But I've heard other people say, hey, I just want to travel. Hey, I want to open a school. Uh, it's so cool to hear what everyone wants, man. What are your goals, uh, Chris? Is it like the PWI 500s? Is it that AEW dark? And speaking to what you were talking about, um, you know, I think Brian Danielson went on record saying he wants to work some more AW Dark. Uh, obviously, he's in a big storyline right now, but it never say never, man. Uh, we've seen a lot of our buddies on AW Dark and get those opportunities. It could be you versus Brian Danielson uh, someday, even this year, man. What are the goals? I mean, I would love that. Like I said, if if I ever get that match, I feel like that's where my career would peak. I feel like I could just retire right then and there. But with that said, though, um, I don't have any like long term set goals right now. Mm -hmm. I'm I've reached a point now where I just want to enjoy being a wrestler. I'm not raising the bar for anything. I just want to have fun. I don't want to reach this point again because this had happened in my life around my five year mark when I felt like my passion for this was just being drained because I was in such a nasty, toxic environment. Most of my friends have moved on to better stuff and just just like all these like people that I'm not really going that I'm not really connecting with, I should say. And just like I felt like my career wasn't progressing. I felt like because I was just so hell bent on being in one specific place, which has always just been being signed by the WWE. That's just always been my dream. But now like I Last year, when The Undertaker was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he said this was one of his signature moves to never be contempt. And I very much believe that. If I ever reach a point where I'm contempt, then I feel like that should be the point where I call quits. But I don't want to get to that point yet. I don't know if I will be doing this like in another 12 years from now. I don't know if 
something else will come along because I do have other aspirations. Um, I'm currently writing a book. I um, wow. am looking to get into more acting and, and I do have a full-time job now, which is doing some great wonders for me. So I'm in a position now where whatever happens just kind of happens because I'm settling more and more into life and reality is more starting to kick in. But if it does happen, if I do get like some big opportunity, if I could, if I could work for AEW, if I can work for WWE, if I can work for Impact, if I can go to Japan, if I could do, if I could do with the United Kingdom, if I could do any of that, that would be great. But I'm not aiming for that at least for now. I just, I just want to have fun. This has been the one thing I've loved ever since I was eight years old. It's been the one thing that I never outgrew, even when I outgrew other stuff and re or rediscovered stuff. Wrestling was never one of them. I was the kind of kid that always got bullied for loving wrestling as much as I did, but I knew professional wrestling was just it for me. This is my life. Long after I'm retired, this is still going to be my life. I'm still going to check into it. I'm still going to follow wrestling. I'm still going to support the indies. I am going to just never lose that connection to my passion and to my younger self, that kid that I made a promise to that someday I'm going to be a great professional wrestler. So just, it's an open book right now. I don't know where I go from here, but I just want to enjoy the ride. Wow. Very inspirational. Very well said. Uh, Chris, thank dude, Thank you so much uh, for making the time. This is long overdue. I've been wanting to get you on, man. Uh, you know, and hey, maybe Saturday uh, you'll be walking out with that Dark Arts Championship. Guys, again, live on IWTV, my own worst enemy, Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, 3 p.m. Doors, uh, bell time, 4 o'clock. Tune in as Chris Ryan, the one-wing dragon, takes on Steve off for the Dark Arts Championship. Uh, Mr. Ryan, thank you for opening up uh, for a few minutes of your time. Continue success moving forward. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Anytime, man. And good, good luck on Saturday. We'll see what happens. And guys, like we always say here on the BCP, everyone stay safe, stay positive, take care of each other. We're out. Peace.